0: THE ORANGE-YELLOW DIAMOND by J. S. FLETCHER. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION, OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. CHAPTER Thirty One, THE MIRANDA-LAY THEORY. The silence that followed on this extraordinary exclamation was suddenly broken. The mortuary keeper, who had been advancing towards a door at the side of the room, dropped a bunch of keys. The strange, metallic sound of their falling aroused Iskov, who had started aside, and was staring, open-mouthed, at Mirandolay's waving hands. He caught the doctor by the arm.
1: "'What on earth do you mean?'
0: he growled. "'Speak, man, what is it?' Mirandolay suddenly laughed. <laughs>
2: "'What is it?'
0: he exclaimed.
2: Precisely what I said in plain language. That fellow has, of course, gone off with the diamond worth eighty thousand pounds. Your card? Oh, man, man, whatever have you been doing? Be quick. Who is this Japanese? How came he by your card? Quick, I say, if you want to be after him. Hanged if I know what this
0: means, muttered Eisenhower. As
1: to who he is, if he's the fellow I gave a card to he's a young japanese medical student one yada that was a friend of those chinese i called on him to-night with rubinstein to see if we could pick up a bit of information of course i sent in my professional card to him but we saw him set off to the east end
0: laughed miranda lay
2: he has what you call done Brown, my friend he came here and he has got away got a good start with that diamond in his pocket "'What
1: the devil do you mean by that?' said Iskov, hotly. "'Diamond! Diamond! Where should he find the diamond? Here? In a dead house? What are you talking about?'
0: Mirandolay laughed again, and giving the detective a look that was very like one of pitying contempt, turned to the amazed mortuary-keeper.
2: "'Show us that dead man,'
0: he said. The mortuary-keeper, who had allowed his keys to lie on the floor during this strange scene, picked them up, and selecting one, opened and threw back the door by which he was standing. He turned on the light in the mortuary chamber, and Miranda Le strode in, with eyes-cough, sullen and wondering, at his heels. Chen Lee lay where the detective had last seen him, still and rigid, the sheet drawn carefully over his yellow face. Without a word Miranda Le drew that sheet aside, And motioning his companion to draw nearer, pointed to a skull-cap of thin blue silk which fitted over the Chinaman's head.
2: "'You see that?' he whispered. "'You know what's beneath it? Something that no true Chinaman ever parts with, even if he does come to Europe and does wear English dress and English headgear. His pigtail! Look here!'
0: He quietly moved the skull-cap, and showed the two astonished men a carefully coiled mass of black hair wound round and round the back of the head and into it he slipped his own long thin fingers to draw them out again with an exclamation which indicated satisfaction with his own convictions
2: just as i said
0: he remarked
2: gone mr detective that's where chen lee hid the diamond and that japanese man has got it and now you'd better be after him half an hour's start to him is as good as a week's would be to you
0: he drew the sheet over the dead face and strode out and eiskopf followed angry mystified and by no means convinced look here he said as they reached the anteroom
1: that's all very well dr mirandolet but it's only supposition on your part
2: SUPPOSITION THAT YOU'LL FIND TO BE ABSOLUTE TRUTH, MY GOOD FRIEND,"
0: retorted Miranda Lay, calmly.
2: I KNOW THE CHINESE BETTER THAN YOU THINK. AS SOON AS I HEARD OF THIS AFFAIR TONIGHT, I CAME TO YOU TO PUT YOU UP TO THE CHINESE TRICK OF SECRETING THINGS OF VALUE IN THEIR pigtails. IT DID NOT OCCUR TO ME THAT THE DIAMOND MIGHT BE THERE, IN THIS CASE, BUT I THOUGHT YOU WOULD PROBABLY FIND SOMETHING. BUT WHEN WE REACHED THIS MORTUARY, and I heard that a Japanese had been here, presenting your card, when he had no business to present it, I guessed immediately what had happened. And now that you tell me that you had told him all about this affair, well, I am certain of my assertion. Mr. Detective, go after the diamond.
0: He turned as if to leave the place, and Iskopf followed. He mayn't
1: be after the diamond at all
0: he said still resentful and incredulous
1: is it very likely he'd think it to be in that dead chap's pigtail when the other man's missing it's chang that's got that diamond not chen
2: all right my friend
0: replied mirandallet
2: your wisdom is superior to mine no doubt so i wish you good night
0: he strode out of the place and turned sharply up the street And eyes after a growl or two went back to the mortuary-keeper. "'How long was that Jap in there?' he asked, nodding at the death-chamber.
3: "'Not a minute, Mr. Iscoff,'
0: replied the man.
3: "'In and out again, as you might say.'
0: "'Did
1: he say anything
0: when he came out?' inquired the detective.
3: "'He did. Two words,'
0: answered the keeper.
3: "'He said, that's he,'
0: and walked straight out and into his car." and when he came he told you i'd sent him demanded eiscoff
3: just that and showed me your card
0: assented the man
3: of course i'd no reason to doubt his word
1: look here george said eiscoff you keep this to yourself don't say anything to any of our folks if they come in i don't half believe what that doctor said just now but i'll make an inquiry or two mum's a word meanwhile you understand george
0: george answered that he understood very well and eiskov presently left him outside in the light of the lamp set over the entrance to the mortuary he pulled out his watch twelve o'clock midnight and somewhere that cursed young jap was fleeing away through the london streets having cheated him Iskoff, at his own game he had already reckoned things up in connection with yada yada had been having him even as melky rubenstein had suspected and suggested all through that conversation at gower street probably yatta from his window in the drawing-room floor of his lodging-house had watched him and melky slip across the street and hide behind the hoarding opposite and then yatta had gone out knowing he was to be followed and had tricked them beautifully getting into an underground train going east and in all certainty getting out again at the next station chartering a cab and returning west with Iskov's card in his pocket. But Iskov knew one useful thing. He had memorized the letters and numbers of the taxicab in which Yotta had sped by him and Miranda lay, L.C. 2571. He had kept repeating that over and over. Now he took out his notebook and jotted it down. And that done, he set off to the police station, intent first of all on getting in touch with New Scotland Yard, by means of the telephone. Iskov like most men of his calling in london had a considerable amount of general knowledge of things and affairs and he summoned it to his aid in this instance he knew that if the japanese really had become possessed of the orange and yellow diamond of which supposition in spite of Miranda Le's positive convictions he was very skeptical he would most certainly make for escape he would be off to the continent hot foot now iskov had a good acquaintance with the continental train services some hours must elapse before Yatta could possibly get a train for dover or folkestone or newhaven or the shortest way across or to any other ports such as harwich or southampton by a longer route obviously the first thing to do was to have the stations at victoria and charing cross and holborn viaduct and london bridge carefully watched for Yatta. and for two weary hours in the middle of the night he was continuously at work on the telephone giving instructions and descriptions, and making arrangements to spread a net out of which the supposed fugitive could not escape. And when all that was at last satisfactorily arranged, Iskov was conscious that it might be for nothing. He might be on a wrong track altogether, due to the suspicions and assertions of that queer man, Mirandale. There might be some mystery. In Iskov's opinion, there always was mystery, whenever Chinese or Japanese or Hindus were concerned, The auto might have some good reason for wishing to see Chen Li's dead body, and have taken advantage of the detective's card to visit it. This extraordinary conduct might be explained. But meanwhile, Iskov could not afford to neglect a chance, and tired as he was, he set out to find the driver of the taxicab whose number he had carefully set down in his notebook. There was little difficulty in this stage of the proceedings. It was merely a question of time of visiting a central office and finding the man's name and address. By six o'clock in the morning Iscoff was at a small house in a shabby street in Kentish Town, interviewing a woman who had just risen to light her fire, and was surly averse to calling up a husband who, she said, had not been in bed until nearly four. She was not any more pleased when Iscoff informed her of his professional status, but the man was fetched down.
1: "'You drove a foreigner?' a Japanese to the mortuary in Paddington last night,'
0: said Icecoff, plunging straight into business after telling the man who he was.
1: "'I saw him, just a glimpse of him, in your cab, and I took your number. Now, where did you first pick him up?'
3: "'Outside the underground at King's Cross,'
0: replied the driver promptly. This was precisely what Iscoff had expected. So far, so good. His own prescience was proving sure.'
1: anything wrong mister
0: asked the driver there may be said eiskopf
1: well you picked him up there and drove him straight to the mortuary no i didn't said the man
3: we made a call first euston he went in there and i should say went to the left luggage office cause he came back again with a small suitcase just a little un then we went on to that mortuary.
0: Euston. A small suitcase. More facts. Iskov made notes of them. Well, he said.
1: And when you drove away from the mortuary, where did you go then? Oxford Circus,
0: answered the driver.
3: Set him down, his orders, right opposite the tube
1: station, t'over side of the street. Did you see which way he went then? inquired Eiskopf. I
3: did, straight along Oxford Street, Tottenham Court Roadway,
0: said the driver,
3: carrying his suitcase, which it was, as I say, only a little un, and walking very fast. Last I see of him was that, governor.
0: Eiskopf went away and got back to more pretentious regions. He was dead tired and weary with his night's work, and glad to drop in at an early-opened coffee shop and get some breakfast. While he ate and drank a boy came in with the first editions of the newspapers. Iskov picked one up, and immediately saw staring headlines. The Paddington Mysteries, new and startling features, diamond worth eighty thousand pounds being looked for, murder in Maida Vale, Iskopf laid down the paper and smiled. Levendale, if not dead, could scarcely fail to see that. End of chapter 31